Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the much cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best wine until now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. Now when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those he sold doves, he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered what is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove you have authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Many people have heard of the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine. Even people that are not in church have heard the the story of Jesus turning water into wine. And so it's contained in this chapter. And the setting for the miracle is a wedding. Verse 1, it says, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, 
and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And so, friends, first century weddings were major events. They were planned and talked about for up to a year in advance. You remember this is at a time when there were no uh, sporting events, there was no media, there was not plays and theatrical productions and things to distract the people. Weddings were the big community events. And so weddings were looked forward to with eager anticipation. And to be invited to a wedding was an honor that was not to be refused. In this case, Jesus and his disciples, along with his mother, had been invited to the wedding. Jesus and his mother may have been related to the people being married. We don't know. But at the very least, they were among a close circle of friends who had been invited. And so in this setting, the people that were hosting the wedding ran out of wine. Now, this was a very great social mistake. You would be talked about badly for having a wedding and having run out of wine. And so this thing could have been a very humiliating episode for the bride and the groom and the family of the bride and the groom. But Jesus' mother intervened and asked Jesus to do something. So in verse 7, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. And these jars had 20 to 30 gallons each. There were six of them. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And so this was the miracle. He changed the the water in these six water jars from 20 to 30 gallons each into wine. And so the head of the banquet tasted the water and said, this is um, uh, the best wine. You've saved the best wine until last. And then after that, in verse 11, it says, Jesus, what he did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of his signs through which he revealed his glory. So notice he turned the water into wine, and John tells us that this was his first miracle. Now, there are other religions, I will name um, uh, just Islam specifically, that claims Jesus did miracles as a little boy. The Gospel of John contradicts that. It says specifically that this was the first of his miraculous signs, the turning of the, the water into wine. So if you've read or heard that Jesus raised a bird from the dead as a little child or something like that, these things are not in the Bible. The Bible says that the first of Jesus' miraculous signs was the turning water into wine. It goes on to say in this verse 11 that after this miraculous sign, his disciples believed in him. And so this supernatural turning of water into wine convinced his early disciples that had been invited to the wedding that he was the Messiah. And so this wedding at Cana is the setting for Jesus' first public introduction. And friends, if you wanted to make a splash in first century Israel, you didn't take out a billboard. You announced something important at a wedding because the entire community was there. As I said, it would have been planned for up to a year in advance, and it would be talked about for months afterwards. This miracle of Jesus became known. His early disciples were not the only ones who saw what had happened. It became known at this wedding, and the whole community was talking about Jesus' first miracle of turning water into wine. Now, why did God the Father choose a wedding for this setting? I already told you that it was a a good place to exchange information. But the Father God in heaven had a much greater purpose in choosing a wedding for the revelation of his Son. Because, you see, friends, Jesus came not to bring a new religion, but to come in relationship with mankind that the Bible says was intended to be like a marriage. 
And so we read through the text of the New Testament over and over again that Jesus, the Son of God, referred to himself as the bridegroom. He referred to his followers as the friend of the bridegroom. He told parables about a wedding, a great king who made a wedding for his son, talking about God the Father, making a wedding for his son Jesus with mankind. And so this general sense of Jesus coming for a relationship with mankind that was like a good marriage is contained all through the Bible, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, the paradigm is Israel as the wife of God and God the Father as the bridegroom of Israel. But in the New Testament, Jesus has come as the bridegroom. He's coming for a relationship with mankind that's close and intimate and continuous, not just for the days of our flesh, but for all eternity. And I believe that God chose the wedding at Cana to reveal that the purpose of Jesus Christ coming into the world was for him to be the bridegroom of the church. The church is to be the bride of Christ. And so Paul carries on this theme in Ephesians chapter 5, he talks about a man leaving his father and mother and being joined to his wife in marriage. And he says, this is a great mystery, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. In other words, marriage is meant to be a vivid example of the relationship Jesus desires to have between himself and his church. And so, friends, Jesus didn't come to establish a new religion called Christianity. Jesus didn't come to put modifications on an old religion called Judaism. Jesus came to fulfill God's original purpose in the Garden of Eden. God created Adam and Eve to be with him. God created you and me to be with him. God is still desiring people to be with him. And he said that the relationship that he desires with us is not just a relationship for Sunday morning visitations of an hour or two. He's talking about being with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then continuing beyond time for all of the endless eternity and ages. And the relationship that he desires so that we can understand it in our humanity, he compares it to a marriage. And so this setting at the wedding at Cana was not an accident. It was chosen by God the Father from all eternity to reveal Jesus. His first public introduction contains within it the prophetic foreshadowing of his purpose. He came to be the bridegroom for a called-out people who would be the bride of Christ. He came for a relationship with mankind. He didn't come for meaningless religion. This chapter we just read said there were six water pots for ceremonial washing, according to the religion of the Jews. But Jesus set that all aside and changed the ritual ceremonial water into wine for a glorious wedding celebration. He's the bridegroom who came to celebrate with mankind, and he's coming again. So his early disciples recognized this miracle, and they began to follow him. They believed in him. Friends, have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he revealed himself through the wedding at Cana as your bridegroom? Do you believe that he's calling you to a relationship that's like a good marriage? If you don't, you're mistaken, because that is his purpose. Jesus wants a personal relationship with with you. And maybe you've seen a good marriage, maybe you've seen a bad marriage, but at its best, human relationship in an excellent marriage is as close as we can come to understanding the relationship that Jesus desires to have with us. And so today I want to pray into that. Lord, I pray that we would recognize that you came and revealed yourself in the context of a marriage at the wedding at Cana 
Speaking and foreshadowing your prophetic purpose as the bridegroom of the church. Jesus, we want to know you as our bridegroom. We want to know you as, yes, Lord and Savior, Son of God, all of that, but intimately as the bridegroom. Help us, Lord, to understand that marriage is to be a beautiful example of you and your church. Lord, help us to perceive these things. And as we continue through John and the rest of the New Testament, Lord, may we recognize that you desire relationship and not religion. Lord, you came to celebrate at a marriage feast, not to ceremonially wash pots. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.